What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Friday episode of Quick Hits. My name is Blake Pace. It is Friday, October 30th. Ignore the noise in the background. I am so sick and tired of them doing construction outside of my apartment, so I apologize for the background noise. Uh, we had to take a little bit of a, a brief pause in the episode with Teddy to, uh, to let the lawnmowers move past my place. Uh, so hopefully there are no distractions. That's not too bad for you. But thanks for tuning in. We've got week eight picks against the spread and episode 50 of Quick Hits. I, I've really enjoyed doing this, guys. I appreciate the, the consistent support that you provide and, and interest in the show. Um, gets me really excited to hear people talk about this. I, I do it for fun. Um, and to be 50 episodes along, I'm excited for the next 50 and beyond. So uh, enjoy the conversation with Teddy and I as we kind of go through the entire slate um, of games coming on board. It was a good week for us last week. We're projecting an even better week this week. So um, be sure to enjoy, like, subscribe to the podcast, uh, talk with us about your bets, what you like for the week, and we'll have some fun conversations. Uh, without further ado, here's Teddy and I talking through week eight of the NFL season. All right, and as always, we welcome back in Theodore Pristash. Uh, we've got week eight picks against the spread. Uh, just uh, taking a look at some updates from last week. Ted just narrowly behind me again, but both of us with winning weeks. Uh, I finished at eight and five. You were at seven and six. Um, let's see, we were both... Our, our best bets did... Uh, did all right, I guess. You went two and one. You were on the Lions plus two, Packers minus three and a half. Uh, we were both on Seahawks minus three and a half, which did not hit. I was also on Bills minus 13 and a half, which very frustrating. Uh, but I was also on the Packers, which was one of my best bets of the week as well, too. Um, Teddy, we were talking a little bit about the show and kind of just a, a weird week that it had been this past week. When you take a look at the slate today, how are you feeling about uh, every, everything we're going to discuss in a little bit? Yeah, you know, I honestly think that we are just getting into the thick of things, you know, and, and mm-hmm. looking at these games, it feels like we're in the middle of the season, and, and we kind of um, have a pretty good understanding of a lot of teams. Um, obviously, there's a lot of games left to play, a lot can happen, but mm-hmm. but I feel like we're learning more every week about all these teams. Um, I, I think the slate this week's pretty fun, um, and I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, there's a lot of exciting games this week. And, and one thing that I was thinking that I'll, I'll probably try and bring for next episode is I want to see, I'm going to go back to when we started this and see what teams we do really well betting on and what teams we do really bad betting on or betting against. So I'll, maybe I'll get that done uh, in the next week or so so we can take a look at that for next week's pod. But yeah, I agree. A lot of fun games this week. Uh, updated yearly standings. Um, really, Teddy, the, the same difference is, is that first week that we had um, in terms of just the distance we're at. We've been pretty even with each other since week two, but I'm sitting at 49, 34, and one, and you were at a perfect 500, 40, 40, and four. Um, that last one with uh, Rams minus six brought you up to even on the season. Um, let's just kick things right off. Let's go to the early slate, uh, one o'clock games. First thing, we are gonna talk about the debut of Tunga, or Tua Tunga Vailoa. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are hosting the uh, traveling Los Angeles Rams. Rams five and two, Dolphins three and three. Um, Ted, before I talk about the game, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Tua. I know I've explained on this show my thoughts about him. Um, you know, just in terms of potential in the league. Are, are do you love the idea of Tua? Do you maybe think it would be best for them to sit him for the entire season, or um, you know, what what do you make of this decision? Yeah, um, for me, it's kind of odd. I don't. Um 
I don't pay attention to college football as much as someone like you does. I mean, I obviously like to watch it, but I don't like kill myself over it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm very low on almost all rookie quarterbacks coming in. Um, I just I think more often than not, it obviously takes them to, some time to really figure out what they're doing. Um, and I think with like Burrow and Herbert this year, we've kind of been blessed with the way they've been playing. I mean, it's just it's good for them, and you want to give them their props for mm-hmm. how well they've already been doing. Yeah. Um, with Tua, I, I do think it's the right move. Um, as a team, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, I just feel like you're kind of you're kind of just playing somewhere in that limbo zone where it's like, okay, well, we're not really probably going to make the playoffs, but at the same time, we're not really building for our future. Um, I think it's very smart for them to do this coming out of their bye week. I think that's what good teams do. Um, if you look at the history of the league, I think the better organizations, that's usually how they plan their seasons out with their young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see him. I, I'm not going to bank on him like um, coming out and flashing right away and being this great, great quarterback. But but I think it's the right move to to get him some playing time. You know, I mean, what, we're sitting here in week eight. You let him play a little bit more than half a season and then and then next year he can really have that experience to go in. I definitely think it's the right move. Yeah, it was interesting to me because you would think that they would have had a plan from day one what the transition period would be like, and I'm surprised by how shocked Ryan Fitzpatrick was that he lost the job, which makes me think that they had to change the plan. Um, And I think there's two reasons for why they had to change the plan a little bit. One, obviously, like you said, Burrow and, and Herbert have been unbelievable to start the season and and you know you you kind of have to see with Tua what you've got because you own the Texans first round pick this year and the Texans are going to be picking at the top of this draft and look I'm not saying it's a situation where you would abandon on a quarterback if somehow you end up with a top three pick but we've seen it you know in a situation where you know Carol um, in Arizona where they had Josh Rosen. It was a very underwhelming season. They get the first overall pick, and it's Kyler Murray. You have to make that switch. Um, I'm on the side of Tua. I, I don't think it's going to pan out in the NFL, personally. I don't think that, um, you know, A, everybody likes to talk about how small quarterbacks are a thing in the NFL that can work now. And that's true, but it's true when they're mobile. You know, Russell Wilson is elusive as hell. One of the most elusive quarterbacks we've seen rolling out of the pocket. Um, Kyler Murray has speed that is untouchable. Really, the only immobile short quarterback to ever work in the NFL is Drew Brees. And and Drew Brees could just be an anomaly. Like, what if Drew Brees is the only guy to ever work like that? So Tua, who's not mobile, injury history, I, I have my doubts about it working in the NFL. I was way higher on Burrow and Herbert coming out of the draft than Tua. Um, and I think it's the right decision simply based off the fact of like, hey, you're going to have a top pick in this draft. Um, we got to see what we have here. We also have two other rookie quarterbacks that are dominating in the league right now. Um, so we got to see what we have in our guys. So it's a really interesting situation. Um, I, I know that, you know, it kind of pertains to, to what we're talking about when it comes to this game. Um, so kind of to just transition to our picks now that we've got the uh, Rams as three and a half point favorites. Um, Teddy, the Rams looked really impressive Monday Night Football against Chicago. How do you feel about um, you know how they'd fare against the Dolphins this Sunday? Yeah, so when I first looked at this game, you know, you obviously think about the Dolphins that we've seen um, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the Dolphins—they've been a team that's kind of uh, 
spunky, I guess, is a, is a good word for it. Just because they 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 show up and they, they've been winning some games and, you know, making things interesting in this league. I think with Tua, um, it's going to be more... They're going to be a worse team with Tua, especially right off the bat. Um, and I don't think that implies that they made the wrong decision or anything like that. I just think they... He'll obviously need to grow into it. If he hope they're hoping this is going to be their their franchise quarterback, you know, and they're hoping that this mm-hmm. is the beginning of his career. But regardless, it's not, I don't think it'll happen the first game. Um, Rams they showed up up against the Bears. Thank God that would have killed me last week. Yeah, if the Bears had beaten me again, um, and and the Rams defense has been pretty good all year. I yeah. mean. Other than giving up 35 to Buffalo, um, they gave up 24 to San Fran. And other than that, I mean, they've been pretty good um, as a defense. So I think you take the offensive ability with the playmakers they have and Sean McVay, um, and you take their defense that's been pretty good, and you put that up against this Dolphins team that is just not there, especially with their rookie quarterback. I think they're going to have some work to do. So I'm taking the Rams minus three and a half. Um, and I like it, but I'm buying that half point. See, okay, so here's my thing. I I know I really just talked down Tua, and I really talked down that I don't think it's going to work, um, but I'm actually on the Dolphins plus three and a half. If you, if you put it to three, I, I would also agree I'd be on the side of, of the Rams. Um, I, I just, and, and I'm also, I, I'll be honest, at the beginning of this week, I bet Dolphins plus four as well, too. Um, my biggest thing, like, I keep looking at this Rams schedule, and the amount that they've had to travel cross-country trips week after week is just bananas to me. Like, yes, they've had two weeks in California now where they faced, you know, the, the 49ers, um, which I was all over that one because I thought that the Rams had just traveled way too much. Then they go and take on the Bears at home. So they've been at home. But now you go cross-country again. It's a West Coast team playing, you know, body clock is at 10 a.m. essentially on the East Coast. Uh, they are on a short week. And going up against a quarterback that there is legitimately no NFL film on. And it's, it's almost kind of like that situation where you get a new head coach with a team where, you know, like we were just saying with, with the Texans when they got their first win of the season or when the Falcons got their first win of the season fresh off of firing their head coach, you don't know what the game plan is going to be. Um, and so all those things considered, I think it is just going to be a very, very narrow win for the Rams. I'm a little worried that I'm banking too much on Tua in his debut, but I just think that there's there's nothing to really game plan for. There's nothing that we know what the offense is going to look like with Tua. Um, I'm a little worried because it, it seems like Devontae Parker is, a, is questionable or not playing at 100%, but for some reason this game just, it it's the line is, tra- it's, it's kind of like last night's game. To me, where it was like the Panthers are only two and a half point favorites. Well, that's that's weird. They seem like they'd be you know a much better team than Atlanta, and then Atlanta ends up winning by eight. This line just kind of smells uh, sketchy to me. So I'm going to be on the Dolphins plus three and a half. Hey man, well, go with your gut. That's what betting's all about. I know. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a weird one. I, I don't love it, but I, I'm going to side on the Dolphins just because the Rams. There's not a you know short week traveling to the East Coast early game. Not a whole lot to prepare for with this quarterback. Um, so I am going to uh, stick with the Dolphins. We agreed a lot last week, um, and obviously both of us did well with, with winning weeks. I'm excited to see where we go with, with this one, uh, personally because the Colts are coming off of their bye week, heading up to Detroit. 
to take on the Lions, who, as we were saying, just had that miraculous win against the Falcons a week ago. Uh, the Colts are 4-2 and two right now, Detroit 3-3. Three and three. They've lost six straight home games, which is the longest active streak in the NFL. Um, and the Colts open up as three-point favorites on the road. Teddy, are the Colts going to move to 5-2 and two and make me a happy boy, or is this going to be a frustrating loss for Indy? This is an interesting one to me. Yeah. Um, I do want to start. Colts-Bengals two weeks ago, um, obviously the Colts didn't cover. That was a big spread. Of them. They were minus eight. But but they did exactly what we said that they couldn't do um, right. in that podcast, yeah. which was come back from behind. Philip Rivers throwing the ball everywhere. I streamed him that week in one of my fantasy leagues, so that was that was pretty great. Um, mm-hmm. So I just want to give them that credit. Gave me a little bit more confidence in their offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and But at the same time, I, I really have enjoyed betting on the Lions these past two weeks. Um, I mean, last week, obviously, with the barn burner. Um, and then two weeks ago, they obviously beat um, the Jaguars, I think. But... I'm going to stick to my guns and keep riding the Colts here. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't really be surprised if the Lions upset, but I think the Colts um, are still just like a better team. Um, I think their offense is where they kind of have those problems. Right. But um, you take a look at what they did against the Bengals, and they showed us that they're at least capable of of doing that um, and putting up points when they need to. And you take a look at the Lions. I mean, if if Todd Gurley doesn't go into the end zone, the Lions lost their, their game last week by, like, six points or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that, then we have a whole different taste in our mouth about the Lions. Um, so I'm going to keep riding the Colts. I really I don't love this one just because the Colts have been kind of iffy to me. Um, I don't have a lot of confidence in them. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lions upset, but I'm, I'm going to pick the Colts. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going Colts minus three. The bet that I love more in this game is over 50 points. Uh, main reason being, Frank Reich is is two and zero coming off of a bye in his head coaching career, and both times they they're averaging twenty nine and a half points per game in those games off a of bye. Uh, That's did, a good stat. Yeah. That's a great stat. So so if you think that the Colts are going to put up some points off of the bye week, the Lions will certainly be able to put up points because their offense is just their offense is really good. They have a really good offense. The problem is the defense. Their defense isn't good. Um, and you know, it's, it's always funny when we have, you know, it's kind of like with the Falcons, you know, we have these defensive head coaches and the defense is the problem. It, it, it blows my mind that like we sit here and, and even now with the Seahawks, you know, the, the defense is the problem for Pete Carroll, but he's a defensive head coach. It's just always funny when we see that across the league. But, uh, so I love the over in this game. I, I think, you know, the Colts will come out, they'll get rolling. Um, Frank Reich with an extra week of preparation is, is phenomenal. Um, you know, when he's got that bye week to game plan for a team's defense. And look, Detroit's wins, like we're saying, they're all kind of faulty. They beat the Cardinals um, when Kyler had a three interception game. So you win the turnover battle, you're going to probably beat a team that's also not too great. Um, unless you're the Jets. Unless you're the Jets. And then, uh, and then, you know, the two other wins, they blew out Jacksonville. Jacksonville is one of the worst teams in football. And then they barely beat the Falcons, as you said. Not even if Todd Gurley just doesn't go into the end zone. If they take two QB kneels and then kick a field goal, that, that is literally – there's so many things about the way Atlanta has handled this season that's so frustrating. Um, and, of course, they just win again on Thursday night in a game that I was betting against them. But um, I'm with you. I really like Colts minus three. But more than anything, I love the over in this game. Yeah, and, and while we're there, I just want to real quick jump in. I think Gurley got a lot of uh, focus on that accidental touchdown last week. Yeah. 
And then, but then, I don't know if you were watching last night, he runs out of bounds I on know. like third and ten with three minutes left to give him the ball back and stop the clock. It's like, what is this kid doing? Okay, but also I blame the offensive coordinator because if you don't want him to run out of bounds, don't call a pitch play. They ran yeah. it to the outside. If right. it's third I and right, oh dude, oh it makes me laugh too because yeah, we've got we've got two mistakes here by Todd Gurley in back to back weeks, and then you could also just blame the offensive coordinator for both of those as well. So yeah. it's it's a mess in Atlanta. Fortunately, you know they were able to hold off Teddy last night. Um, did you did you bet on that game at all? Yeah, I was riding the Panthers. Me too. Um, and the over, which were both pretty tough beats. Yeah, yeah. I was I'm ready to bounce back. Right, I was on Panthers too. I didn't bet the over, but yeah, it was it was frustrating. Um, all right, so let's move on to a, a really fun game up in Cleveland. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, three and three, they just got the uh, the roof blown away by by Tampa Bay this past week. They got destroyed uh, by the Buccaneers. They're traveling to take on the Cleveland Browns, who uh, just had a very back-and-forth game with Joe Burrow and the Bengals, ended up winning. Uh, that missed extra point screwed me over, screwed both of us over last week when it comes to betting on here. Um, Browns opened this one a little bit bigger. I think when the week started, it was Browns minus four. It has shrunk to Browns minus two and a half. Um, Teddy, what do you think about the Browns? You know, they're sitting at five and two here. Win six and two. Uh, the two losses are brutal ones, but you know you got to be pretty impressed if they're able to beat Las Vegas. But the Raiders also are, are, are a talented football team that hangs around sometimes. So how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, um, I, I think I definitely gave the Browns a little bit too much credit um, early in the season. Mm-hmm. I do still think um, they're like an okay team, maybe slightly above average. Um, but I, I don't think they're going to turn into this like powerhouse um i mean they are sitting here five and two um but we'll just have to see kind of what happens i still i'm not really bought in odell being out we'll see how that affects the offense Mm -hmm. um obviously who knows maybe it could open things up because baker doesn't feel like he has to target him as much but at the same time you're losing such a great player um that can make such ridiculous catches um, on the flip side with the Raiders, to be completely honest with you, I think the Raiders are the team that I've probably like seen with my own two eyeballs the least this whole year. Oh, just yeah? because of the way it's worked out with when they've been playing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Raiders are always that team that's kind of shaking things up, I feel like. I mean, they, I feel like they're, they're one of those teams that's not really a good team yet, but they're right on the cusp and they can always hang around. Right. Um, with those good teams. So, I am going to go Raiders to win this game mm-hmm. and plus two and a half just yeah. because I really do. I think they're a better, more well-put-together team than the Browns. Um, with that being said, like I said, I don't really um, have a ton of like knowledge on the Raiders. I just really don't love the Browns, um, and I think the Raiders always kind of show up. So, so, Raiders plus two and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. Raiders plus two and a half. Um, just like last game, another thing, I, I love the over of 51 in this. Um, the Raiders have allowed 30-plus points in five of six games this season. Their offense also knows how to put up points, so I think they could easily get over 51. Um, reason reason that I'm, you know, I'm kind of with you, I, I think the Browns are going to be a good team still. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. The schedule is easy enough. You only have to play Baltimore and Pittsburgh once more, so that's two more guaranteed losses. Obviously, they're not going to go undefeated the rest of the way. Um, the, the thing with Odell, like, 
I know Baker looked terrific as soon as Odell got hurt, but you also have to consider that you know teams go into a week game planning for Odell to be there, and then when he's not, that just that totally changes the entire game plan. And for defenses now to have a full week to prepare for this offense without Odell, it's like okay, well now we just put more attention on on Jarvis Landry, and we'll put more attention on Rashard Higgins, and it'll it it's going to be tougher. You know, you just caught him by surprise because of an unfortunate injury to Odell. Whereas I think the Raiders now with extra time to prepare for what that offense will look like without him. Um, I don't think the Browns will be as successful as they were last week without him. Um, so I'm all over it. Raiders plus two and a half. I was on a plus four at the beginning of the week. I took their money line the beginning of the week. Um, I think that the Raiders win this one and move to four and three. Sneaky team we have to watch as you know the the um, as we get closer to the playoffs. These three wild card spots. You know the Raiders four and three. Um, you know you got games coming up still that they get to play the Broncos and the Chargers. So they could be making a, a late push towards the postseason. Um, I'm excited to watch this one. The Raiders, the one last thing I want to say is, too, is, is the Raiders are just their deep plays that they get, these deep, t- these long touchdowns they get through the passing game are just like, it, it happens every week where they get at least one score on a, on a bomb. And the Browns just allow a ton of deep passing plays. So um, I, I think that the Raiders will get some pretty big scores up in this one. Um, I expect a very high scoring game between these two. All right, so so moving on, we were talking about this game with Scott uh, in the middle of the week. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, one in five, fresh off of their bye week, um, Dalvin Cook looks to be ready to come back to play. They're traveling to Green Bay, where the Packers are sitting opposite of them at five and one. Uh, the Packers have won three straight games versus Minnesota, and this one opens up at Packers minus seven. Teddy, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this one is, is pretty easy for me. Um, mm-hmm. The Vikings have just been a bad all year, yeah. you know, and, and the Packers have been good all year. Um, I loved, absolutely loved seeing Devontae Adams back and healthy last week. The best. Dominating. He's just such a great player. Um, and Jair Alexander has been playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. How do you how do you APA cite um, an Instagram post in a podcast? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know because I, I took this this stat from Br Gridiron's um, yeah Instagram. But over the past three weeks, Jair Alexander has held Will Fuller, who ran twenty eight routes to one target, zero catches. Mike Evans, who ran nineteen routes to one target, zero catches. And Calvin Ridley, who ran 23 routes to five targets and zero catches. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. And, it and really that's, is. And that's a, that's a, if you have a player like that on your defense, that changes everything. Because if you have someone who can lock down their best receiving option, then it, it's time for someone else to step up. You know, and it, it, I don't think Justin Jefferson's going to be able to do it by himself. I think Jair Alexander's going to shut down Thielen pretty well um, or at least make it difficult on him Yeah, and I just I, I think the Packers are too good of a team um, I think the Vikings are too bad of a team so this one's really easy for me Packers minus 7 yeah I'm with you Packers minus 7 it's funny because you also you stole it from their Instagram but you also Twitter DM'd it to me and Scott in this group chat too so as you were saying the stats I was scrolling through the pictures on, on my phone um, so yeah dude, dude Jair is a baller uh, third year player out of Louisville or maybe second year no he's third year out of Louisville, um, one of the top cornerbacks in that class. Their entire secondary. That's my thing with the Packers. If you are a team that is like, 
pass happy and that's the way that your offense is successful if you don't have a run game if you can't really beat down on teams the Packers could pick you apart that's why they destroyed the uh, the uh, Texans last week meanwhile I do think they're still susceptible to those physical teams that like to run between the tackles and the Buccaneers really just beat the shit out of them two weeks ago um I guess I would be a little bit worried about the Vikings because their run game is so good with Dalvin Cook coming back but I, I still I, I really just think it's a very good team, one of the best teams in the NFL against one of the worst teams. Um, there's not a whole lot in Minnesota to uh, be excited about. I think maybe this is another team where we say, look, one in five, we don't love our quarterback. Let's just see how close to the top of the draft we can get. You know, there's a lot of talented quarterbacks available. Um, I'm with you, Packers minus seven, pretty easy one. Yeah, and I just want to throw out there, I don't know if you know anything crazy about Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. I, he was limited in practice yesterday, but I, I don't really right. think there's been any definitive um, answer to what's going to happen. No, yeah. I, I haven't seen an official decision. I was thinking yeah. that he, Mike Zimmer, I think, said he's hopeful that he's coming back to play. I think is the last thing that I saw. So I guess we'll we'll find out today, honestly. Uh, um, in, you know, the final injury report will come out. So definitely, definitely. Find out later today. And I, and I, I, I think it's just something to monitor because obviously this Vikings team is going to be a lot better with Dalvin Cook. Right, um, But I still think the Packers Packers can get the win and cover regardless. This would be something where if it's announced Vikings are going to play Dalvin Cook if he's ready and the line moves, I'm I'm going to retake the Packers on whatever the line is yep. moved to. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yep. Alrighty, so let's move over to Buffalo. Uh, we've got an AFC matchup. The New England Patriots, uh, Teddy, they did you dirty last week. You were on them minus two. There's, yes, a, there's a lawnmower going on right outside of my place. Hey, well, that's fun. Can you hear that? No. Hold on one second. for field goals, which obviously that's not great. You, you need to be better in the red zone. Right. But you take into account that they're down there eight times. I think they didn't even punt until the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at penalty yards. They had 11 for over 100 yards, 106 yards. Um, they obviously need to improve on third down. I think they were like 3 of 11 on third down. And they obviously need to improve in the red zone. Um, but I still think this is a good team. I think maybe I overhyped them a little bit. I don't think they're up there with these elite teams of of the league. But I do still think they're a good team that can, um, that's going to show up and they're going to play well, just maybe not on that every week consistent basis. Um, Then you take a look at the Patriots, and yeah, the Patriots have just been horrible ever since Cam got COVID. I don't know know what happened there. Um, They have just not looked great yeah um and it's kind of hard because i don't think cam newton looks the same but i also don't anticipate um i don't anticipate the the patriots to kind of just roll over um and and kind of give this season up because you take a look at at the bills sitting here four and two and the patriots at two and four i mean if the bills win this game that is a that is a tough tough thing to come back to from the patriots yeah um 
I'm going to go with the Bills here. I mean, the, the Patriots just have looked so terrible these past couple weeks. Um, and I do think the Bills, at some point, have got to start getting, getting it rolling again. You know, I, I don't think they can keep kind of... They, they just they seem like they're not fully clicking these past couple weeks. Um, I'm going to take the Bills here. I, I do think the Patriots... They're gonna turn it on at some point again, and they're gonna they're gonna start winning some games. I don't know when that'll be. Um, so so I think this is a really interesting one. I'm really excited to watch it. I'm a Gold Bills minus four, um, but I'm not super confident. Yeah, I actually I'm not gonna lie. I do feel pretty confident in this one, and I'm with you on Bills minus four. Um, here's here's my thing. So the Patriots this year have been solid against the run, but the Bills do not have a run game. So the, the Patriots, it's crazy because their secondary, as electric as it has been in years past, and you talk about you know the talent that they have on the back end of that defense, we have to acknowledge a lot of these starters opted out for the, the season. The Patriots had more COVID-19 opt-outs than any team in the league, and a lot of them were their key defensive starters. Patrick Chung, the McCourty twins. There's a lot of guys that are not playing football for them on the back end. And... Um, this year, they've, they've been really bad against three wide receiver sets, and the Bills love three wide receiver sets. It uh, looks like John Brown is coming back. Uh, he was a full participant in practice yesterday, so I expect him to be back. Even if he wasn't available, they're still going to run a lot of three wide receiver sets. So I just think that the, like, yes, the Patriots will be able to do well against the Bills' run game, but that, I, I just don't think they'll be able to do well against the pass. Um, I'm, I'm all over the Bills on this one. I I'm I don't agree with you on the fact that the, the Patriots will start to turn this thing around and win some games. Um, there is just no talent on offense. There's there's none. Um, I don't think that they're going to be a team that's sitting at two and five after this week and says we need to go trade for a receiver. So uh, until they get receiving talent or they get talent at the running back position, I am not on this Patriots team. I think that they are kind of going to have a down season now. I think. You know, I think we got a little bit too high on them in the first three weeks of the season because they beat the Dolphins, they barely lost to the Seahawks, and what was a, you know, that game put up, I think, almost, you know, 70 total points in that, or no, 60 to 65 total points in that game, uh, and then they, who they beat week three? Um, they, they beat the Raiders in week three. So they had a two-and-one start and was like, oh, the Patriots, they got this thing rolling, and since then it's just been awful. Um, so I'm, I'm off on the Patriots for the, for the remainder of this season, um, and I think I, I'm, I'm really all over Bills minus four. The only thing that would worry me is the Bills' problem this year is not its offense, it's its defense. You know, yeah. I, I have questions about the run game, but defensively, uh, in the front seven, they've got a lot of guys that, you know, it's been weird. Sean McDermott has benched some of their starters for a game or two. Um, now there's reports that some guys on the front seven, like Trent Murphy, might be available via trade. Uh, the the Bills' defense is really concerning in the on the front end. So there is a situation where I think the Patriots just get back to what they were doing the first three weeks and a lot of like just power run offense. Um, but if the Bills are putting up points, the Patriots are going to have to pass the ball, and I don't think they'll be able to. So at the end of the day, I feel pretty confident about Bills minus four. And, yeah, and, and mm -hmm. one more thing to add. Um, yeah. Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman are both out. So right. They're, they're not, they really don't have any talent on yeah. their offense currently. None. The, the thing that's really interesting to me, and I don't know where you go on this one, the over-under is set at 41 points. And that's so wow. that's so low for an NFL game, but it makes sense because, like, like, like I said, historically, 
Josh Allen has done terrible against New England. But this New England defense isn't what it is. The Patriots offense, as I said, 12 or fewer points in three straight games. I would have... I would have said bet the under, but 41 is so low. I, I'm probably yeah, going to stay away with from the, that. With the Bills defense, too, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That's a tough one. Yeah, I probably won't bet it. Um, I probably if, will. It, if it was higher, <laughs> If it was higher, I'd bet the under on it, not going to lie. Um, just a little bit higher. But anyways, let's move along now. Let's talk about the, the matchup of the week, Teddy. Oh, yes. The uh, 0-7 New York Jets. Traveling to take on the 6-1 Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have allowed 20 points or fewer in six of the last seven games, which is great because the Jets don't put up more than 20 points a game. Uh, the, the Jets, really interesting decision to quietly take play calling away from Adam Gase. Really had the Bills confused in that first half. And look, the offense looked good. It, 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 did, it looked better, is what I'll say, in the first half. It just looked better than with Gase. Um, you know, I liked what we saw out of the run game more than what we've seen with Adam Gase uh, play calling. Uh, Sam had a, an iffy game. It, it was up and down, certainly. I think that he, um, he missed a lot of throws to Mims. You know, their timing is a little off because he hasn't had a, a ton of practice, so hopefully that improves as the season goes along. Uh, but, Teddy, this one opens up as Chiefs minus 19 and a half. This is a spread that you see, you know, when you get college football teams playing against each other. Uh, what do you think? Can the can the Jets keep this one within three touchdowns? Yeah, I actually have a lot to say here. Let's hear it. So, as you just said, last week Adam Gase gave up the play calling to Dow Loggins, which was just phenomenal to see. I mean, for someone with the ego of Gase, just taking that little victory of him giving that up just really made me feel good and you're right you know at the beginning of the game the Jets offense did look like it was playing with some juice um and I don't think we should bury the lead here the the real the real uh the real thing that that mattered for the Jets was the way their defense played their defense played so much better um actually getting off the field um than they have all season so I want to give them their credits there I was excited about the new play calling. I thought, who knows, maybe this is working. Um, Mims and, and uh, LaMichael P. Ryan both looked really good. Um, that's their, their uh, fourth-round rookie running back. Mm-hmm. Um, they both looked really good in the first half. But at the end of the day, once you got into that second half, they had four yards of total offense in the second half. And they really did. I mean, you want to say they looked good and different in the first half, but... I can't tell you how many Jets games I've watched where they've had one drive that maybe they look good and then they score a touchdown and then that's it. And granted, most of their touchdowns this year haven't even been that good coming off like a drive. They've been fluky plays or coming off penalties and things like that. Um, But it's still, at the end of the day, I mean, it was great to see them look good for a little, but it was the same old Jets. You know, they didn't make any halftime adjustments. Literally in the second half, I think their first, I think their first drive they got one first down, but then other than that, every single drive was three and out, which was just horrible to watch. Mims had zero catches, P. Ryan had one rush, no targets in the second half. It was just, it was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I want to give the defense their props. It was a nice change of pace, but this team is still just not a good team, um, and I think. What we were talking about with the Bills, I think this is a game where 
you could play this game again 10 times and they're probably not going to cover that spread yeah. 9 out of 10 times, you know? Yep. Um, and I think that this spread shrunk a little bit because the Jets covered against the Bills last week. And I just think that's kind of not really understanding what actually happened. I think the Chiefs, especially now that it's under 20, I think they're definitely going to win by 20. Um, they're still the Chiefs. Um, they still obviously have the best offense in football. They have a good defense. The Jets just are still the Jets, and they're not great. I don't believe in Adam Gase. And um, so I'm going with the Chiefs. I was 19 and a half. Who knows? It, that's a huge spread. The Jets, remember the Patriots game last year, they were 21-point underdogs. Jared Sidham throws a pick six, so they kind of mm-hmm. backdoor cover in a weird way. Maybe something like that happens, but I anticipate you can give the Jets 10 points here and you can give the Chiefs 30. Yeah, exactly. I could definitely see that. I mean, that was the score of the them against the Cardinals, and the Chiefs are a way better team than the Cardinals. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Chiefs minus 19 and a half. Uh, Chris Jones, man, what did you think about that quote that he had? It was just hilarious to hear him say, uh, you know, that's a very good football team. People forget that because they haven't won a game. Like, dude. Yeah. You, you know, well, I think it's, I think it's funny um, because, you, again, you take a look at that Patriots game last year um, where the Jets were going in without Sam Darnold. Um, and and I remember watching Belichick's, like, Thursday night um, press conference and he's, he's going through and he's listing all the things the Jets do well. And you can't see me, obviously, but I just put quotation marks around the word to do well. <laughs> because that's what good players and that's what good coaches do. You know, they don't, they don't overlook anything. Right. At the end of the day, Chris Jones probably knows that, he's, that their team is going to dominate the Jets. Oh, yeah. But you still need to understand, okay, what are their, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? How can we win this game? You know, and that's what good coaches and that's what good players do. So I think the Jets, obviously, like any other team, they have some good players. You know, they're they're NFL players. They obviously have some talent. But at the end of the day, the Jets are not a good team. And Chris Jones knows that, regardless of what he says. Oh, yeah. Um, It it was hilarious. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I don't need to say anything about this game. You know, I I am switching off of my bet $100 against the Jets every week. (laughs) Just because uh, the Bills... You go 0-1 once and then that... Well, dude, it, yeah, it was... Uh, it was Because, like, even if I had just bet, like, a normal amount, I finished... I would have finished last Sunday up $200 instead of up just, you know, like, 50 or or 100 um, So it really stung me because I had a great week. And then it, the only reason that it was just okay is because I... I put 150 on on the Bills, uh, so gotta gamble smartly. Yep. So uh, I'm on, I'm on Chiefs minus 19 and a half, and I'm gonna bet less on it, but I still love it this week. Um, so let's talk about the actual game of the week. This one is going to be very exciting. Um, love to oh, see yeah. where you go with this one. The battle for the first for first place in the AFC North. We've got the um, final undefeated team in football, the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are traveling to Baltimore to take on their rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, man, this one is a crazy game. At the beginning of the week, it opened up at Ravens minus five. We are getting it at Ravens minus three and a half. A um, lot of interesting things. You know, with the Steelers, I didn't want to give them credit for a while, but with each week that's gone on, they keep beating, you know, stronger opponent after stronger opponent. And look, they're sitting here. They're the only undefeated team in football. Um, Meanwhile, the Ravens, I've been kind of iffy on them this season 
But there's only been one game this year that they didn't score above 30 points. So, you know, I, to be down on them, but to also see them just, you know, dominate teams all season is a little weird for me to, you know, I, I just don't have a really great feeling about the Ravens. Um, but they open up as three and a half point favorites at home. Uh, Teddy, what do you think? Do the Steelers keep this thing rolling or does uh, Baltimore hand them their first loss of the year? Yeah, I mean, look, Steelers, they showed up last week, just like you said. And, and to me, that's, that's a statement win. Um, obviously, the, the Titans came back and made it close, but mm-hmm. the Steelers showed, you know, that they're, they're not messing around. They can hang around with anyone. The Titans are a great team in this league, and the Steelers are too, you know, and, and you said it exactly right. They're sitting here at 6-0, and and they deserve our respect. Um, and on the flip side with the Ravens, I agree with you that it's kind of hard because I'm also kind of down on them, but then at the same time, you are right. They've scored 30 in four out of their five games this year, or four out of their six games. Sorry, math is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's you just take a look at their opponents. I mean, they've, they've looked terrible against the Chiefs, and then they have wins against the Browns, the Texans, the football team, the Bengals, and the Eagles. I mean, those to me are not great teams in this league, barring maybe the Browns were okay. Um, I just think that you, this game is going to be a close AFC North battle. It's going to be a great game. Um, I'm pretty sure in the last like 10 years or 20 years, the Steelers and the Ravens are exactly tied at like 23 wins apiece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, just, I think this is going to be a great game. I think it's going to be close. But I think that the Steelers are going to win, and especially with the points, I'm definitely going to take them um, plus three and a half. So, yeah, I'm riding Steelers. Keep it rolling. Yeah, everything you said is true. You know, I think that these teams are so evenly matched that at just three and a half points, I'm going to have to take it. I already, you know, I've already placed my bet this week when it was up at five. Um, I took Steelers plus five. Um, I would probably also say that they're going to win this football game. Um, the Ravens. It's it's just one of those situations. It's like when Lamar has to pass the ball a ton in close games, they don't often go in in the favor of the Ravens. Um, and, and in a game where I think the Steelers are going to be able to handle this Ravens run offense, including Lamar Jackson, um, you know Mark Ingram questionable if we're going to see him out there this week. J.K. Dobbins maybe we'll get you know more carries in there. Um, but I think the Steelers' front seven, if, if you are able to hand, and I know they didn't necessarily dominate Derrick Henry this past week, but they showed that um, you know they could slow him down comparatively. Um, I think that they'll definitely be able to handle the rush attack, um, contain Lamar Jackson, and if Lamar has to throw, I just don't feel great about it. I don't. You know, the, we we're at a point now where we've seen it, and I think you know. Five or six games now where it's like if they get out to an early lead, they can protect it, and they can put up a lot of points by just running the ball and and being smart with it. But if you're behind or if you're in need of a go-ahead drive, uh, he just can't always deliver. Um, So I'm with you. Steelers plus three and a half. I'm going to take them to win as well, too. Um, And, man, you know, this is going to be a classic one for me because I've been against them every week. This is the first week that I'm for them, um, so it would it would only make sense for the Ravens to win this one big. Because the, the Steelers, I know I said, you know, we're going to do some research on what teams I do terrible betting against or betting for. It's going to be the Steelers. They're the worst because yeah. I just I always keep losing against them. So 
Um, hopefully, for me, I, it's the Bears. Yeah, yep. Hopefully for the, for this one, I'm, we're both right on this uh, Steelers. It, it's going to be a really exciting game, so I'm looking forward to that one. Um, speaking of of the Titans and how they just recently played the Pittsburgh Steelers, they are traveling to Cincinnati uh, after their first loss of the season, sitting at five and one now. They are going to take on the Bengals, who actually just came out, just got this notification. Uh, so perfect timing. Uh, Joe Mixon is not practicing again today, so it looks like it will be Giovanni Bernard uh, playing as the starting running back for the second week in a row for them. Bengals put up a ton of points against the Browns back and forth, just barely lose it. We know Burrow is great, but the rest of the team is iffy at times. Uh, they're sitting at 1-5-1 and one, and are six-point underdogs. It, it, the line is sitting at Titans minus six. Teddy, what do you think about that? Yeah, um... Take a look at last week with the Titans against the Steelers. Um, they were down big in that game, and they came back and they showed fight. Um, and really, their last two games, they both have um, kind of only played well in one half. Houston, they ended up um, holding on and getting the win. Pittsburgh, they came back. They didn't get the win, but they were right there against, like we just said, the only undefeated team in this league. So, and if you take a look at it, the Titans have played well in every single game they've played this year. Um, and I think despite that loss last week to the Steelers, I think they also just really deserve our respect as a good team in this league. Um, they just haven't disappointed yet. Um, and then you take the Bengals, like you just said. Joe Mixon is out. Um, obviously, Gio Bernard is a, is a great backup in this league. I don't want to take anything away from him. But obviously their offense is going to not be as great with, without Joe Mixon. Um, the, Joe Burrow, I, I, I've loved the way he's playing. I want to give him his props. I want to commend him for what he's been doing as a rookie because um, obviously that's hard. But at the end of the day, I just the Titans are a great team. The Bengals are not. Um, so Titans minus six, this one's pretty easy for me. Yeah, it's it's easy for me too. It's I don't know. I, I'm with you. I'm I'm Titans minus six, but I just keep thinking like the one thing with the Titans is like they have just had to face some tough teams the last few weeks. You know, yeah, they did blow out the Bills, um, but that was a tough physical football team. They play a physical football team like the Steelers. The Titans could walk into this game just being absolutely gassed. Um, that would be my only concern, but as you were saying, you know, the, the Bengals, they're not a good football team. So um, I'm going to take the Titans to, to rebound from their first loss. I'll take a minus 6-2. I don't feel great about it, but I definitely think that I'm just taking the better team here. And, uh, and I, I would expect a big day from the Titans' defensive front seven on that Bengals' offensive line. I just – I really hope we make it through this season without Joe Burrow getting hurt. I just, like – Watching him just take all the shots he takes week after week is just scary. Yep. Scary. Yep. Um, all right, so let's move along now. Let's go on to the Chicago Bears. Uh, fresh off of a humiliating Monday Night Football loss, they've got the New Orleans Saints traveling into town. Saints off of their bye week, right? Or no, no, they just played the uh, Panthers last week. Ended up taking care of them. Am I, am I right on that? Is that what happened? I am looking it up as no. we speak. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, because we were on Panthers plus seven and a half, and and that that covered. It was a narrow win for the Saints. Um, the 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 Saints four and two traveling to take on the Bears. Uh, wide receiver availability is questionable. Michael Thomas did return to practice yesterday. Um, I don't believe he is going to be playing though. It's going to be up in the air. 
Um, Bears, meanwhile, like like I was just saying, a not great um, showing against the Rams. Uh, back at home, and they are four and a half point underdogs. Uh, Saints minus four and a half. Teddy, how do you feel about this game? It's two. It's two good teams, but teams that you know I also have some questions about for both of them. Yeah, I, they, you you got it exactly right because the Saints this year to me have seemed they're the team that I always give a little bit too much credit to, and then they fall short. Yeah, um, and the Bears are the team that I always don't give enough credit to it, and then they keep winning, you know? So this is a tough spot for me, just personally, um, with my preconceived notions of what these teams are. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Um, I don't really think Michael Thomas is going to play. I think he was just limited in practice yesterday. Um, I, I don't want to bank on it. And even if he does come back, I, maybe it could take him a little bit to actually feel 100% and get back in the swing of things. Um, the Bears... They just keep, their defense is, is very good, and they just keep keeping these games close. I mean, obviously not last week, but if you take a look at the season. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to take the Bears plus four and a half here. Nice. It's hard for me to do that. Um, but honestly, I think the Saints win by one to three points. I think this is going to be a close game, or even lose by one to three points. But I think when you take the Bears plus four and a half, and you take the Saints, who I'm just... I, I don't think their offense is as great as it has been. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think four and a half is a lot of points. So I'm going to side with the Bears, with the dogs. Yeah, I'm with you. And and everything that you said kind of makes me feel a little bit more comfortable with it. I'm not guaranteeing that the Bears are going to come out here and win, but it's going to be close. Uh, the Saints defense is bad this year. They allow points to everybody. The Raiders smacked them around. The Panthers have put up points on them. Really, the only team that didn't put points up on the uh, on the Saints was the Bucks in Week One, and even they put up a decent amount of points. It's just the Saints really, you know, came out strong in that one offensively to take care of it. So, um, I think the Bears' offense gets back into a little bit more of a groove. I am worried. You know, they're they're only um, they're averaging 84 yards on the ground per game this year, which is the fewest in the NFL. Um, but I also think that the back end of the Saints' defense isn't that great, where they could get. Allen Robinson going uh, pretty early on. Um, although, wait, isn't Allen, he might still be in concussion protocol. Yeah, I believe Allen Robinson is not playing this week. Wow. Huh. Keep going, I, I'll get you some information. No, I'm, I'm just trying to think how I would think about if that would change my pick at all. I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Bears here. I'm just going to stick with what you were saying. It, it's just, I don't see this game being a blowout either way. Um, so I'm just going to take the Bears plus four and a half. Kind of just, you know, they bounce back from, from Monday Night Football. The Saints still, like, the, the Saints have a lot of just weird stuff going on right now. Because they, they all know that this is Drew Brees' last season. He's already taken a gig with NBC when this contract ends up at the end of this year. Like, we know Drew Brees is done with football. So this is like the last hurrah. But things are just going not great in New Orleans. You know, like, they, they had really strong regular seasons the last two years, and then they fell short in the playoffs. It feels like this team is just exhausted at this point. There is drama with Michael Thomas. The defense is not performing at all to the level it needs to be. There's, like, weird... The the usage of a guy like uh, uh, um, Taysom Hill is always weird. I, I just have a weird feeling about the Saints. Um, and so I'm going to take the Bears plus four and a half. I agree. The Saints could win this one. Uh, by a very small margin, or I could see the Bears winning. Um, so I'm just going to take uh, the points here. Uh, four and a half is a pretty good number to get. 
Yeah, and and just to reassure you a little bit, personally, I, I just a, an article came out forty minutes ago um, that Allen Robinson probably isn't going to play. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm not betting on. Obviously, Allen Robinson is a big um, a big help to that offense, but I'm not betting on the Bears because of their offense. I'm betting on the Bears because of their defense. Right. And so exactly right. Regardless, I think the Bears have a bad offense, but. I think they've had a bad offense all year, and they've still kind of figured out how to keep these games close, you know? So just mm-hmm. to reassure you a little bit. No, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad we both agree on it. If you were on the Saints, I, I definitely would have been less comfortable. But I think I just think four and a half points is too much. It really is. Yeah, we'll just lose together. Exactly. That's, that's true friendship right there. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's go to a fun NFC West matchup. Oh, yeah. um, really exciting game here. They the, the Seahawks did us dirty last week. Uh, they they fell to the Cardinals in just an ugly game. It seems like the Seahawks are always part of those games where it's just like, how the fuck didn't they win this one? You know, they just both teams found ways to lose, and then the Seahawks found the way to lose at last, I guess. More, <laughs> More yeah. And, and meanwhile, they've got the 49ers coming into town who two weeks in a row now have things rolling. They beat the Rams. They absolutely dominate the Patriots last week. Um, and now they go on to Seattle. Look, Russell Wilson um, has done very well in his career against the 49ers, including the playoffs. He is 13-4, and four, but the last two years have been 2-2 two and two against them. Um, Seahawks open up as three-point uh, favorites, so they're, they're saying neutral field. This is a pick em. Uh Teddy, are you still riding with the Seahawks here? I know they're your team. How do you feel? Yeah, this game is the most perfect trap game for me. Yeah. Um, just because, obviously, like you just said, I'm always riding the Seahawks. I think after uh, the 49ers lost to Miami three weeks ago, I think I kind of buried them. You and did. In my head, I was just like, eh, they stink. You've been betting against them ever since. Injuries. And then they come out and they dominate both teams, honestly, the Rams and New England. Yeah. Um, so, number one, I just want to say sorry for burying you in my <laughs> mind. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I should have given them a little more credit. They're like the um, they're like the Steelers are, for me. Where I just right, like I exactly, I didn't believe exactly. them. And but, but here's what kind of saves me is that exactly what you just said. The Seahawks may have lost last week, but they had opportunities to win. You know, and a couple things didn't go their way. Russ threw a pick in overtime, I believe, um, or maybe late in the game. Russell Wilson isn't usually going to throw three three interceptions in a game. And I think the Seahawks losing last week gives me a lot more confidence mm. in continuing to ride with them this week. Interesting. You know? I also think it's important to point out that DK Metcalf was pretty much shut down by Patrick Peterson last week. Yeah. Um, and you take, obviously Lockett had three touchdowns, but, but DK Metcalf is the guy that, that – affects that offense that they want to get involved, you know? Right. Um, and I just, I think he'll come back and respond. I think Russ after a loss is just a scary thing. Um, and the 49ers, listen, I want to give you your credit, but <laughs> I still don't think they're up there with the Seahawks. Um, so I'm going Seahawks minus three. I honestly like it a decent amount, but this is a prime trap game for me, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, Ted, I thought you were going to come on board with me over here because I'm going the flip side of you. I'm taking the 49ers plus three, and I'm also taking the 49ers to win this one. Um, I just, I think, you know, where the Cardinals 
had Seattle let Seattle hang around, it's because they couldn't really keep them off the field. You know, the Cardinals aren't a football team that will sustain long drives running the football. You know, those 12, those, you know, 11 play drives where it's just like we are just keeping you off the field. You don't have time to, you know, really get in a good groove offensively. Um, so I am on the 49ers to win this one. They're, the, Kyle Shanahan's the best, one of the, like, I know it's early on into his career, but I'm already ready to say that this man is one of the greatest play callers we have ever had in the history of the NFL. He is unbelievable. Um, and, and the way that he just, like, diced up the Patriots and then also, at the end, kind of took it a little easy on them and still was able to put up points. Um, the Seahawks run defense is not good and the 49ers are great against the run or, or a great are great team running the football and and running and, and getting play action plays off of running the football getting those trick plays out there um, I think that this is one where the 49ers will dominate the time of possession and if they do I think they win um, so I'm taking the 49ers plus three here I wanted to bury them after the Dolphins, I wanted to bury them after the Eagles, but I, I've just been rolling with them, and, and they're kind of my team that I feel a little bit of pride in for being on for two weeks in a row, and I really do think uh, they can go in there and beat the Seahawks uh, this Sunday. So it, it's going to be a really interesting game because, you know, the Seahawks obviously have one of the most talented offenses in football. Um, they are going to be without Chris Carson. You know, they've got Carlos Hyde sliding in there as their starting running back for this week. Um, not, a, not a bad backup to have in the NFL. Um, but I really do think at the end of the day that the 49ers will be able to keep Russ off the field long enough where um, where they may may not be able to keep up with, with the 49ers. Yeah, and I just want to add, I, it's not even confirmed that Carlos Hyde is going to play yet. So right. just something to keep an yeah, eye true. on. Yeah, sure, he's also questionable. Dallas, who at this point will be their only running back on the team. Jesus. Um, and with coronavirus, obviously, they won't be able to bring anyone else in. Yeah, that could get really tricky for him. So hopefully Carlos is ready to play. Um, yep. All right, we've got three games left on the slate. Uh, let's head over to Denver, where uh, a couple of two and four AFC West teams are taking on each other. The Los Angeles Chargers finally got Justin Herbert that first win of his NFL career. Um, they uh, they really just kept putting up points on, on Jacksonville. Jacksonville's defense is so bad this year. Uh, Herbert looked terrific again. Um, they're traveling to take on the Broncos, who... Man, looked really bad against uh, against Kansas City. They got the the you know they just got blown out in that one. Chargers open up as three point favorites. I don't feel confident. I don't feel overly confident about this game, Teddy. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, what what do you think in this one? Yeah, I mean you you did say this is two a battle of two two and four teams. Sorry, that was a little tough. <laughs> no, yeah, um, but. To me, this is this reminds me of the Chargers um, and their game last week against Jacksonville. Um, obviously, I, the Broncos have shown they have a pretty good defense. Um, you take last week, yes, they gave up 33 points to the Chiefs, but at the same time, they they did throw a pick six um, or maybe a fumble recovery for six. They did have let up a kick return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I do think their defense has been playing pretty well. Yeah. But still, the Broncos have just yet to impress me all year. And the Chargers have done just the opposite and have um, impressed me. Yeah. Now, I said this last week, but I want to say it again. The Chargers' losses this year are to the Chiefs, the Panthers, the Bucks, and the Saints. Mm-hmm. You know, and all by one possession. 
And I think that's, that's just... It's really telling. Yeah, exactly. It's very telling. Um, and so, for me, I like the Chargers a lot. Herbert's playing out of his mind through five games. He has 12 touchdowns, only three interceptions. Um, so, I really like the Chargers. I, 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 I've been loving what I've been seeing from them week in and week out. Um, I will say, this is just the perfect opportunity for the Chargers to disappoint me. Yeah. Um, you take into account, like... Um, betting against the 49ers a couple times and then they, they blow it or taking the Seahawks and last week I was really confident and then they blow it you know these things happen you know <laughs> sometimes what I think isn't always what's going to happen it's a perfect opportunity to disappoint me but I really am confident in the Chargers minus three here I just think their offense is just has, has been so good and I think they've been playing with all these good teams and keeping it close um, and I just think the Broncos have yet to really show me anything all year so I'm, I'm going Chargers minus three. Yeah, I'm with you. Chargers minus three. The the biggest concern that I have here is not is not how the Denver Broncos are going to play the Chargers, but how the Chargers are going to play against the Denver Broncos on offense. The the big problem that I have with the Chargers right now is I think there is a little difference in uh, the way they should be playing the game between Anthony Lynn and Justin Herbert. To me, I don't think Anthony Lynn is the right head coach for Justin Herbert. Um, and the reason being Justin Herbert is one of the most successful quarterbacks passing on early downs. He's great passing on first and second down, um, especially second and long situations. Anthony Lynn is a former running back, a defensive kind of guy, very conservative. So he is a guy that likes to run the ball on those early down situations. So there's a little bit of a difference here. And the problem where it becomes is the Broncos have a really good run defense. They are bad against the pass, but have a really good run defense. So I know it's funny because, you know, we've been yelling at Pete Carroll for years now to let Russ cook. I'm going a little bit light here where I say Anthony Lynn needs to let Justin Herbert cook. He needs to allow him to pass more on first and second down um, because they haven't been letting him do it a ton this season. And, and that's where Herbert has been really successful. So um, as long as the Chargers don't shoot themselves in the foot this week, I think that this is going to be a solid win for them, but I am a little worried just because the difference in philosophy between what Anthony Lynn likes and what Justin Herbert is best at. That's my only issue with the Chargers right now, because other than that, I think that this is Chargers minus three, easy money. So that's where I sit at that one. Um, so two more games left. Ted, we've got some pretty big spreads on Sunday night football and Monday night football. Um, oh, yeah. Let's start off. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys with my boy Ben DiNucci, JMU quarterback, getting the first start of his NFL career. Uh, Ted, I like. I am just elated that this man has this opportunity. I, I just like. I, I had classes with him. We had the same uh, major in college, so I had a few classes with him. Obviously, worked with him along with the uh, you know when working with the JMU football team. Uh, crazy that, you know, just a year ago he was in the FCS. Now he's making his first start as a, an NFL quarterback. Um, wish it was under better circumstances where he had a little bit better of a team to play with. But nonetheless, I'm going to be so excited to watch him play on Sunday Night Football. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys were sitting at 2-5, and five, traveling to take on the 2-4-1 Philadelphia Eagles. Um, it, another side note, this is just a game where uh, – FCS football is like just been talking about all week because 
Uh, Carson Wentz obviously went to North Dakota State, the big-time rival of the last decade with James Madison. Uh, Wentz and Danucci's careers never lined up where they were able to play each other. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's just been so funny on Twitter because I'm, I'm you know, still in a big following of, of FCS football. Everybody is just so excited about this game, uh, just seeing these two quarterbacks go up against each other. The spread is at Eagles minus eight and a half. Battle for first place in the NFC East or the NFC least. Uh, Teddy, what do you think about this one? Yeah, um, this is a hard one for me. Yeah. I mean, the Cowboys have looked horrible. So bad. Um, these past two weeks. And they scored 10 points against Arizona, three points against Washington. Um, and then at the same time, I think the Eagles are really bad. Yep. I still don't think they're going to do anything. Um, but I do think they have the opportunity to kind of go on their own little mini run here because they have they beat the Giants last week. They got the Dallas, or excuse me, the Cowboys this week with uh, their third string quarterback, then a bye, then they get the Giants again. So who knows? Maybe they could get a little three game win streak going. Mm-hmm. Um, you take into account your boy Danucci. Um, I want to root for him. I do. <laughs> I hope he's not gonna be horrible. I hope that. The Cowboys are just bad, dude. And yeah, they really scare me. They are. But for me, you take just this is the NFC East. Um, it's going to be like a primetime game. I think it's just going to be such a toilet bowl of a game that eight and a half points is just too much. You know, I don't think I think the Eagles probably win this game, but I I just really can't see them doing it by by more than that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, the Cowboys did just get blown out by. Washington, but I think that Washington's defense is a lot better than the Eagles' defense. Right. Um, so I'm going to take the Cowboys with the points here. I think the Eagles win. This is a tough one for me. These big spreads, you never know which way it's going to go. You have the Cowboys with their third-string quarterback, but I mean, I have my own affinity toward JMU um, <laughs> because of you, obviously. Yeah. So I'm going to ride the Cowboys plus eight and a half. <laughs> this this is a, a tough one for me. Yeah, it's a tough one for me, too. I'm, I'm also going to go Cowboys plus 8.5. Just for everything that you said, it's two really bad teams. I think Washington, their defense posed a bigger uh, mismatch than the Eagles one will. Now, the Eagles' front seven is talented, uh, but they have definitely been underperforming this season compared to years past. Fletcher Cox is a great defensive tackle, but uh, hasn't been at the level we've seen you know, in 2018 and 2019. Um I, I, I personally couldn't just bet against, I, like I'm not gonna put money money on it, uh, but I am gonna put Cowboys plus eight here. Just, I, I want my boy to do well. Um, I don't feel great about it, like you were saying, because it's such a toilet bowl game. This could just be a huge blowout, just like last week was. Um, but I think when you gotta consider too, now Danucci has been getting every first team rep this week. Whereas, you know, beforehand, I mean, even just two weeks ago or three weeks ago, he was getting like zero reps as the third string quarterback. So um, hopefully that they've kind of figured out what his abilities are and have found out a good way to game plan uh, for him as the quarterback of this football team. Um, Eight and a half, like you said, was just a little bit too much for me. So I'm going to go Cowboys here. Nice. Love it. All right. So eight and a half. We now go to ten and a half spread. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, personally, to me, look like the best team in the NFC. Uh, it's it's up there with them and the Chiefs as best teams in the NFL to me. Um, no Chris Godwin in this game. AB still isn't available either, but they're taking on the New York Giants, so that doesn't really matter. Um, 
the, the Giants sitting at one and six. Um, in versus non-divisional opponents this year, uh, the Giants have averaged 11.8 points per game. Um, they really have only scored against the Cowboys this year, uh, against Washington, and I don't believe they've... Oh, yeah, and then Philadelphia. So the, really, their offense does well in the division, but the division is so bad that when they get outside the division, it doesn't go well. Uh, Tampa Bay opens up as 10.5-point favorites. Monday Night Football. Uh, Teddy, where do you go with this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Obviously, this is a big spread, but the Bucks have been really good. Um, they have a pretty good defense. They obviously Bucks let up over thirty points twice this year: New Orleans Week One and against the Chargers Week Four. But other than that, um, they haven't let up over twenty points in any game. Um, and I just think the Bucks are really good, and the Giants are really bad. And I think I honestly love that that stat because you take the Giants against anyone out of there division and they scored 16 13 9 9 yeah like that's not very good and i just i i see no way that the giants are gonna score points in this game i think the bucks are just gonna run away i'm gonna take a minus 10 again by that half point it's sitting there just buy it yeah um but but yeah I, this one obviously it's a big spread but it seems pretty easy to me yeah, it's easy to me too. I'm taking minus ten and a half. Um, the biggest, the bigger bet that I have on this one, I don't know what the line is. Actually, I can tell you what the line is at right now. Uh, I took the under when it was at forty-eight. I thought that that was a ridiculous number to have out there. Um, even if the Buccaneers put up a lot of points, they're going to be running the ball the second half, so they're going to be draining out the clock, just letting this one coast into next week. Oh, I actually don't even. Let me see what the over/under is at on this because it wasn't in the uh, the slate that we had sent. Um, sorry, I'm kind of stalling as I pull this up. I've got... Oh, great. Bovana doesn't even have it for me either, so screw them. Um, this is fun. I don't know what it's at now, but I got it at 48. If it's still up there, I'd take the under. I think that this is going to be the Giants put up maybe 10 points, and the Buccaneers, I don't think, will put up 38. You know, I don't think that it'll be that big of a blowout. I think if they get up 24-3, to that it could finish as a 31-10 to type game maybe. Um, but I really do think it's a pretty easy one to talk about. Giants are bad. Buccaneers are good. I'll take a minus 10 and a half. Yeah. Boom. You, you just read out my notes. Perfect. <laughs> well, there we go. That'll wrap things up. We've got our best bets coming up in just a second. A uh, really interesting slate here. Just to take a look at any uh, any disagreements we have here. We're on, e- we're on each other pretty well this week, actually. Um, we differ on the Dolphins and the Rams. I'm on Dolphins plus three and a half. You're on Rams minus three and a half. Uh, let's see. We disagreed on the 49ers Seahawks and Teddy. That's crazy. We've gone two weeks in, an, in a row now where we really agree on the majority of our picks, um, even more so than last week. We only disagreed twice. So uh, yeah. interested to see I think what that means good things. It, it should. I mean, it meant good things for us last week. We both did well. Um, Teddy, uh, what are your three best bets of the week? Yeah, I mean. Picking out my three favorites was honestly a little tougher this week because there are probably four or five games that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go with Rams minus three and a half over the Dolphins. I just really don't have confidence in Tua in his first game. Um, and the Rams have been doing pretty great for me in my favorite bets. Right. Um, I'm going to go Raiders plus two and a half over the Browns. I really just do think the Raiders are going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll probably sprinkle some money line in there too. I love throwing plus money lines. Um, and then I'm going to go Chargers minus three over the Broncos. I just, I, I've really been impressed with the Chargers this year. Um, 
and I just I, I, I have not been impressed with the Broncos, so I really I'm pretty confident in that game. So Rams, Raiders, Chargers, those are my my favorites. Nice, I like it. Yeah, I don't think we have any of the same ones this week, which usually we hit on one or two of them. Um, yeah. My three favorite. I'm going three favorites here. I'm taking Colts minus three over Detroit. Um, I just think they'll be able to put up a lot of points on that defense. And, um, you know, maybe I'm a little worried about getting a push there, but I do think that the Colts can, uh, can win that one pretty easily. I'm also on Packers minus seven. Uh, minus three and a half against the Texans was just like so easy last week. So easy. Wait, was it three and a half or was it five? No, yeah, it was three, no, and, a three half. and a half. Dude, that is ridiculous. And, and we both said, I mean, that was like, that was, I have no clue why that line was the way it was. But yeah. Made, the Packers. made no sense at all. And minus seven of the Vikings doesn't make sense to me either. It seems like everybody is still down on them ever since they got blown out by Tampa Bay. So we can take advantage of Vegas being low on the Packers right now. I think minus seven is a pretty solid one. And then I'm also going to take Bills minus four. I just really don't think that this is a good matchup this time around for the Patriots defense against the now what is a very capable three wide receiver set in Buffalo, you know, years before. It's it's just like why the Bills are doing so well this season and why, you know, up until a few iffy games, Josh Allen had been delivering this year. It's because they finally have a legit number one wide receiver, a legit number two wide receiver, and a legit number three wide receiver. So I, I like the matchup, um, and I'm going to take Bills minus four as my third best bet of the week. Yeah, I, and I mean, I honestly... The only reason I didn't pick Packers as one of mine is just because of that spread at seven. It just scares me a little, but I love right. that bet. And then the Bills, the only reason I didn't take them is just because history, being a Jets fan, has yes. made me scared of the Patriots. Oh, yeah. So I kind of want to stay away. But but I, I think I think together, that's that's six pretty good bets. Yeah, I feel I feel like we got some good stuff out there. And, and Chargers was my fourth favorite bet. The only reason I didn't put them in there, um, I actually have them crossed off as my favorite bet on here because I had them in there initially. Um, it's just what I was saying about Anthony Lynn. I, I think it's going to be a three-point win, even if Anthony doesn't let Herbert fully cook, but I just uh, was a little bit worried about it more so than others. Um, yeah. But perfect, man. We did the damn thing. Hopefully we uh, have a good week. You'll uh, A winning week will put you above 500 on the season, so that'll be great to get there. Hopefully we, uh, yes, we both sir. do well and make some money. We're you know two weeks in a row now. We're really clicking on agreeing on a lot of these games, so... Um, hope everybody enjoyed listening to the episode. Uh, make sure to go uh, like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. I appreciate the support that we always get from these. Uh, these episodes are, are always so much fun, and we get a lot of positive feedback from these specifically. Oh, Ted, I even got to, forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode, this is episode number 50 of Quick Hits, so pretty fun oh, milestone. Wow, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, episode 50. It's been fun I doing think it. I've been on like eight. Dude, yeah, you've been on a good amount, amount of them. I don't really have, I'm trying to think, I've had maybe one or two other guests before, maybe, but you might be the only one I've had on this. Um, so uh, have a lot of fun doing this with you. Um, appreciate you coming on. Anything else that you want to say before we head out? Yeah, you know, I just want to thank you again for letting me do this. Yeah. Um, thank anyone who's listening. I've had some people who are DMing me about my picks, <laughs> talking crap to me and stuff. But I honestly love it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of fun to talk to people on Twitter about what we like, what we don't like. Um, so I, I've just been having a blast. So I just want to thank you and anyone who's yeah. listening. Um, but yeah, let's keep it rolling and have a good week. For sure. All right. For Teddy Pristash, I'm Blake Pace. We will talk to you guys next Friday. I'll be back on Monday recapping week eight. Uh, thanks again so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. All right, see ya. See ya.